Hi, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Lifetime Value. I'm your host, Rithik. Today, I'm very excited to bring on one of my oldest friends in Mexico, Fernando Barragan, who has been part of the fintech industry in Mexico from the ground floor. His experience includes working at Confio, at Clip, and at Kavak, one of the most highly funded and biggest fintech startups in Mexico, and perhaps even LATAM. In a previous life, Fernando was an ordained, was about to become an ordained pastor. And we're definitely going to be touching on that. And he switched from that path in life to fintech. And today he's going to tell us about his journey, his uh, current experience as a product manager and why he wanted to be a product manager and what it is to be a product manager and giving his thoughts on the future of fintech in Mexico, as well as uh, his, fu- his thoughts on the future of uh, Kavak. So without further ado, please welcome uh, Fernando. Hi, Ritik. How are you? Thank hey, you for Fernando. Introduction. Oh, uh, <laughs> there's so much for us to talk about. And, you know, we go back so many years. Um, I know. I'm very excited to have you. And um, maybe, maybe you can start by explaining how you went from being almost a pastor, or I think you were already a pastor, and then doing <laughs> a big change and, and moving towards the, the tech or the fintech side. Yeah, let, let me clarify that because okay. I was not becoming a pastor. I was becoming a, a Catholic priest, Okay, uh, which is a, a bit different. And how? it is not that I was about to. I, I still okay. needed to study like nine more years. <laughs> uh, so I, was, I was 21 okay. when I decided not to go further in that path. Okay. And, uh, and I rejoined the world. <laughs> the world. Okay. Yeah. So I really completely butchered that <laughs> introduction. No. <laughs> well, okay. What's the difference between a pastor and a Catholic priest? I mean, it's about religion. Pastor okay. is more like, like Protestants. Okay. Catholic is Catholic. Catholic, the, the church in Rome with the Pope and those. Uh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. And, and how did you get into the whole fintech world in Mexico? Well, um, pretty interesting. The first touch that I had with fintech was with Confio, as you mentioned before. Yeah. Uh, I remember I was studying in, in Anahuac University. I was in... I think second semester. And the intern at that point, Daniela, uh, she wanted to go on vacation. Uh, she was working with David at that point uh, in Confio and she needed a replacement. So we weren't like really close friends, but she saw one of my, my presentations, I think, in one mm-hmm. of the classes. And she thought it was a good idea just to recommend me with David. And that's how I joined Confio. I, st- I started like, with a 30 days, I, I think, 30 days contract. And then yeah. I just joined. Yeah. Very interesting. And if I remember correctly, I mean, for all the listeners out there, Fernando was probably employee number three or four. Or four. Probably the f- yeah. Employee yeah. number four. At yeah. Confio. After the brothers. <laughs> exactly. Fifth, fifth, I think. Yeah. Fifth. Is, yeah. That's insane. Like to be at that, at that early stage of a company that's 
now, I don't know, 300 or 400 people uh, and growing with the company and at the same time being in the same industry and being part of the same sort of group of people who all of who are very motivated and ambitious to bring Mexico's fintech industry forward must have been a great experience. You know, um, I, I wanted to touch on that a bit. Like your journey has probably been one of the most interesting that I personally know about. Uh, so perhaps after Confio, you can explain what, what you've been up to and, and what you're doing these days. Yeah, sure. So Confio was kind of the platform where I started and it was an amazing experience. That's where, where I got to know the, like the hard workers they are, the David, the CTO, Francisco, um, Enrique, Alejandro. They are mm -hmm. amazing, amazing people. And all the insights and all the learning that I got from, from all of them was, was amazing. Uh, after that, I remember um, I had this opportunity with one of my friends to start an e-commerce. And that's what I did. Mm -hmm. We totally blew it up and, and we <laughs> decided to spend like 50K USD in four months. Oof. And it was ridiculously uh, wrong. Uh, but that failure sent me to my next challenge in Payclip. Okay. And I started the growth team there with Juan Jose Galnares, uh, another amazing, amazing professional. Uh, he's the VP of marketing. And I was in charge of kind of creating the structure and then being helped by engineers and developers and, and designers just to create the, the, this amazing product that they have uh, in terms of mm -hmm. growth. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and, and also then I started conversations with Carlos Garcia, the CEO of Kavak. Uh, also amazing. I, I fall in love immediately with the business model, with a mm -hmm. huge opportunity that, that we have right now. And that's what I'm doing right now. I'm a product manager for, for the post-sales service, which we'll call Kavak 360. Interesting. Now, just a follow-up question to that. What is a product manager? It's always seen as like the, the hot job. But what is a product manager and, and what's so attractive about that role? Sure. So that's a very broad position. Uh, and I want to nail it down in a very simple definition. Okay. Uh, it's about three things. Uh, a product manager needs to understand the business model, the company, the vision, the strategy. Uh, also needs to understand slash create the product vision. Once you fully understand the, the business model or, or where are you going as a company, mm -hmm. you need to adapt that into, into a specific product. And the third part of being a product manager is just to translate that into a specific roadmap and definition for the entire team to get in the same path and implement the, the product itself. Uh, okay. There are several definitions. There are a lot of different ones. Um, but yeah, that's, that's somehow I, I look at it. Interesting. And perhaps you might have taken like a very sort of unconventional path to being a product manager, but how does somebody go about being a product manager? Well, yeah, I have a very specific story and I'm sure like all of the product managers has one. Um, my personal experience, I started from doing pretty much everything that needs, needed to be done. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember answering emails to the clients, uh, talking to clients, receiving mm -hmm. people at the office, explaining the product, listening to their complaints, uh, mm -hmm 
handling crisis whenever it was like a, a math client. Um, <laughs> and then getting back to the engineering team saying, hey, we need to fix this. Uh, let's think about that. Uh, let's kind of improve this process. And that's kind of being a product manager. So just to, to answer the question, Ritik, is it's just about adding value to the user. You can do it like in a several ways. You can do it from several positions. But as soon as you are adding value and really nailing that down and helping the business to grow, uh, you're, you're being a product manager. Gotcha. So to sort of summarize, you're kind of like the middleman between the customer and the engineers or the developers, and you constantly find value for the company to grow. Right. Yeah. Great. I remember back at uh, Confu at times, like you would be the one uh, responding to people's Facebook comments as well. <laughs> that, yeah. that was like really the, the basic start. And then after that, giving the feedback to the CTO or the engineers and going like, Oh, our customers didn't like, this is this, this is how we can improve it. Let's make it happen. I remember that. That's it's, it's very interesting. Whenever it yeah. comes to, to creating a product, it's very important to look at the user and talk to them and understand mm -hmm. them to understand the problem. That's, yeah. that's a very, a very big difference. The, the customer is going to give you the problem. The yeah. solution is not going to come from them. The solution, yeah. you as a product manager, you need to create that solution. It's not, it's not like a, I don't recommend uh, listening to users when it comes to solutions mm -hmm. because they usually don't know what they need. Yeah. They know what their problems are. And that's where the, the creativity of the product manager and the entire team uh, comes around and kind of solve that uh, with an added value. Excellent. So moving on, maybe you can explain to us what is Kavak.com? You know, a bunch of listeners might be potential users and there's a lot of hype around that company, but perhaps you can explain in a bit more personal level, what is Kavak? Uh, what do you do on like a daily basis with uh, Kavak 360, for example? Sure. So Kavak, we are creating an ecosystem uh, for the user to buy and sell their cars. So that's the ground, but mm -hmm. it's not just about that. Uh, the entire ecosystem implies uh, the financial services, the postal services, so that what happens once you have the car, uh, everything related, everything that's related to your car and, and having that specific car or cars, uh, it's going to be handled by uh, technology. Um, okay. So that's, that's like summarizing our services, kabak.com. You, you can find uh, all of the information. Got it. Now, my first question would be your competition. Who is normally your competition? What are, you, what are you providing to the customer that perhaps the big companies aren't already? Like if let's say I were to go buy a secondhand car anywhere else, I mean, it's, not, it's never really been like a, a reinventing the wheel, you know? So what is Kavak doing differently and how are you helping them do that? Of course. So it's not kind of the com competitors, but whatever we are solving, it's helping uh, to all those 90% of uh, buyers that are buying a used car not to do it out of the system, you know, because 90% okay. uh, of the transactions are made like face to face to between people. And there mm -hmm. is nothing just uh, helping them to get organized and, and avoiding fraud 
and, and getting all that friction whenever that happens that you don't pay the entire amount and you don't mm -hmm. have enough cash to, to complete the payment. Um, so that's, that's what we're solving. We're creating all these easy way for those trans transactions um, to be supported. And that's how we are very sure that we are adding a lot of value uh, into the market um, because th there is not an easy way to do that face-to-face. Uh, -face. There's a lot of fraud. There is a lot of uh, risk uh, mm -hmm. in all those transactions. And somehow uh, we handle to secure all that. So if one were to sort of sum it up in that sense, it would be providing like a package solution, a one-stop solution when you're potentially going to buy a second-hand car. Sure, yeah, you yeah. can say that. And your, your individual role within the company, perhaps you can explain a bit more on that, like what have you been up to? Sure, yeah, so I'm a product manager for the post-sales service. Okay. Uh, so what we are doing is we, we created this mobile application in Android and iOS uh, for the user to manage everything related to their car. It's called okay. Kavak 360. And once you purchase a car in Kavak, you have access to maintenance services. You have access to an extended warranty service. Uh, you have access to uh, claim your warranty, uploading some pictures and descriptions uh, for us to pick up your car on your address, bring it back to, to our uh, place and then just uh, fix it and, and let you let you know whenever you can pick it up or we can send it back to your home um, So it's a pretty complete you can pay your, your car fines uh, your tickets mm. um, So we're creating this Centralized way for you to manage your car. That's mm -hmm. what 360 is Very interesting now The next question I have is is probably something that's on everybody's minds uh, COVID you know like with everybody staying at home and everybody being told to stay at home, how has Kavak been affected by it? Well, it's been very motivated. Okay. Uh, there, this is a very hard time for everyone. Yeah. Uh, but we look at it like a huge opportunity for us to optimize and really improve our online processes. Okay. Um, Somehow we, we speed things up, we, we speed them, and we kind of adapt to the new uh, reality uh, for us to solve problems that we uh, wanted to solve in the future, but you know, the future is now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what COVID did to us is of course, uh, there is an impact in the, in the people we work with, in, in the entire ecosystem, the entire industry, in the country and in the world, mm -hmm. uh, but, that motivated us uh, a lot for us to just get, get into a good pace to solve and to add value differently with online processes. Understood. And in terms of your confidence with the company, what makes you so confident about Kavak's future, uh, especially with the COVID around? Sure. So everyone knows that the market is huge. Everyone knows okay. that um, Mexico needs these kind of services, but that, that's, that's fine. You know, that whenever you can, whenever you work in, in a startup, uh, that's the, the single thing that is uh, kind of already proven. Um, the real deal here, it's about the team. Okay. Uh, I, I do believe that the team that we have at Kavak, it's amazing. 
Okay. Uh, I've been in several startups. All of the startups have huge talent. Um, but now I'm in Quebec, so I, I need to preach the, the gospel, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm serious. The, uh, the team in, in Quebec and, and everyone, you, you, you feel the hungry. You, you, you feel this yeah. huge ambition just to do amazing things and to solve problems. Um, of course, there are a lot of things that we need to improve on. Otherwise, mm-hmm. we wouldn't be in a startup. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of processes are broken. A lot of uh, technology needs to be developed. Uh, we have huge challenges. Uh, but the team is the, the one thing that we got right. And, and we are creating mm-hmm. this amazing culture uh, for us to just kill it in the next year. Very interesting. And, and that leads me very nicely to the next question. You know, you, you're one of the few people that I know that has experienced almost every big fintech startup in Mexico. And it's Confio, Payclip, and Kavak. Uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on what have been like your favorite moments, uh, what were some not so good moments and what did you learn in that experience of working in all these three big companies? Sure. Yeah, I've been very lucky. Um, there are a lot of amazing companies that I wish I've been working with. Uh, but yeah, I've been very lucky to work at, at Confio, Clip, and now Kavak. My favorite things, well... I love just startups and, mm-hmm. and the, the, the way they look at problems, the way everyone is on board with the ideas and the mm-hmm. creating things and thinking wild and the ambition and the hunger, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I think that's my favorite, my favorite uh, thing about, uh, about working on these startups. Um, people is just on the same, same line and pushing to the same way. Uh, so yeah, that's what I love about them. And my least favorite things, <laughs> uh, but yeah, my mistakes. I mean, of course, I've made a lot of mistakes, mm-hmm. a lot, like a lot. And all those, it's it's very tough just to get back on board and and say, okay, I need just to keep trying and and do it right, and let's just look at the problem differently. Um, we promise this for this month and this happening not now, but in two months from now. Uh, so there are like several learnings, but that's not, I don't know if that's my least uh, favorite things about, because I've learned a lot, but mm-hmm. that's something that it's been very tough. Being in a startup is not easy. You know mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Uh, there is a lot of responsibility in a 24 years old guy. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's tough. You need to learn fast. You need to grow fast. You need to uh, make mistakes in order to learn, but every mistake it needs to be a little bit smaller. every time. I understand. Very well said. Now moving on to our next section called payback period, where the guest can ask me, the host, any unscripted question and I have to answer it. So go for it, Fernando. Yeah, I have one. Yes. Uh, I, I want you to share about your military experience. Ah, <laughs> yes. Uh, that's a very good question. So roughly about 12 years ago, uh, every Singaporean male has to go through a conscript army and I spent two years doing it. And essentially I had a pretty interesting time because uh, I wanted to do as extreme an experience as possible. 
So right after my basic military training, which is three months and is on like a separate island of the mainland. So like you can't go home for like two weeks and there's no phones allowed. So it's it's kind of, you know, big change. And after that, I went to officer cadet school, which was tough. Uh, but, you know, you get to have experiences that you've never had in your life. Like I had to do like a man versus wild type course where uh, they'll drop you and your section or your group at like uh, in the middle of a jungle, they'll give you a map and you have like 20 kilos on your back and they'll be like, find your way home. Yeah. So, so it, of course there's a lot of supervision and, you know, people, uh, you, you, it's not that extreme in that sense, but uh, it's for the first time in your life, you are by yourself. Uh, you can't like call home or do anything and you have to just survive. I lost eight kilos in like nine days, which is quite, wow. which is quite, ins- which is quite insane. But then, you know, with all the hard work comes a reward as well. Um, you get to lead a platoon of 50 people, you get to show and build your leadership skills. Um, and, and during the, the ceremony where you become an officer, like the president will come down and talk to you, which is super cool. Uh, and, and the whole experience, you know, 20 hindsight is always 2020. 20, and, um, I don't think I would change any part of it. Um, and it has made me who I am today. You know, so thanks. Thanks a lot for that question. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, before we wrap up, uh, I just wanted to ask if you wanted to share any thoughts for any potential people trying to become product managers, uh, any advice and and sort of any opportunities you see in the Mexican fintech sector. Uh, Sure. Um, I don't know if that's an advice, but what I can share is, if you want to become a product manager, just be one. Yeah. You know, you, you can be in financial services. You can be uh, in the development part of the company. You could be a designer. You can be an administrator. Uh, but somehow, you, you can be a product manager. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you understand that those three things that I, I already discussed, um, understand the strategy, understand understanding the product and the user, and then... Uh, getting 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 down to to the specifics of the definition uh, anyone could be a product manager so Mm -hmm. it's just about the the right vision the right uh, strategy uh, the right communication skills and that's it i mean we all have a lot of a lot to learn Uh, Mm -hmm. mexico uh, mexico needs a lot of product managers Mm -hmm. startups here it's uh, need a lot of, of interesting talent and uh, we got it. So let's just uh, make it happen. Great. Um, thank you so much again, Fernando. This was so much fun as usual and so great talking to a motivated, hungry individual and, and somebody who's going the extra mile to bring Mexico's fintech industry I, to the next step. I appreciate everything. Thank you. And for our listeners, if you want to get in touch with him, you can find him on LinkedIn on Fernando Barragan and his Gmail, which will also be on the LinkedIn post is fbaracevedo at gmail.com. This has been Lifetime Value. Thank you everybody for tuning in.